since we were here last week, we've had a new turn of events in our nation and things going on. And um, you know, you know, for the most part, with me um, through the years, if you've been here very long, I've not been one to talk topics that are going on out there. I mean, you can get wrapped up in the emotion of things that are happening in our world and in our society. But <clears throat> tonight I just, uh, my, my message from last week uh, entitled Now, we'll bring that back up next week. I'm, gonna, I'm not through with that message. But tonight I'm just going to talk to you and share two passages of scripture with you and just talk to you tonight about some things. Um, I've been on uh, a couple of webinars this week and, and um, Zoom meetings and, and talking with some other people around the country and um, just been in really deep prayer for our nation and, and where we're at. And I just felt real strongly to read to you out of Ephesians, I mean, out of Galatians chapter 3. And starting with verse 26, the last um, three verses of Galatians 3, I'm going to read it out of the NIV, and, um, and then talk to you a little bit about what I see here, because you all know, no matter what we go through, what we face, we have to get God's word on it. We have to. You know, we, we could pass the microphone around tonight and we could all give our opinions about things that are going on and what, what your opinion is about this, that, or the other. But at the end of the day, I'm not, you can't say this to immature people that have no revelation of God's Word, but at the end of the day, without the knowledge of the truth from God, without that knowledge then my opinion really doesn't have any weight. Now, we think it does, but it really doesn't matter if I don't have God's Word on it. I'm based on what I know, okay? I mean, everybody in here has an opinion. You, we all have opinions about all kinds of things. But for that opinion to have any weight, my opinion has got to be weighted in the Word. And I've got to know, I've got to... I've got to take just the knowledge of the word and process that so that God can speak to me and I can hear in my conscience what the truth of situations that we face are. And um, so this isn't an easy topic to discuss, but I think if, if you've been here in this church for very long, you know that there is no, and has never been, any prejudice from this pulpit. If you've been here for very long, you know that. I, I, was, I was raised, from the time I was a year old, I was raised about 40 miles from the Juarez border, Mexico. 
and I was raised there till I was 18 years old. And my community <clears throat> was about 85% Hispanic in my community. And, you know, if somebody would have asked me the question by the time I was 8 or 9 or 10 years old, you know, are you Hispanic? I'd, I don't necessarily know that I would have answered yes, but kind of unconsciously I thought I was because everybody else was and all my friends were, you know. I mean, I had one friend who was my best friend and his mother was Hispanic and his dad was Anglo. So that was about as close to anybody that was Anglo that I was friends with. And, and so I was raised in, in that world and really never knew that there was prejudice out there. I, I just, I, you know, I traveled a lot when I was a kid because I played golf and I traveled different places, but I, I, I didn't, I just never caught on until I was about 18 years old and I saw something happen where a, a, a white man did something to a Hispanic man. And it just changed my thinking from that day. And as I was, as I was growing up and in the world that I lived in, um, because there was no prejudice in me, not a prejudice bone in my body, Something happened after I got saved that God began to show me that in the scripture, the Bible doesn't talk about races of people. And, and, and again, you have to have the word on this. That, that could be my opinion. I'm going to show you where it says there's really not races of people. Yeah, Pastor, hold on. Verse 26 of Galatians 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are all, how many? How many of us? All of us, all are children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, and you could put in there, there's not white, black, brown, yellow, red, whatever the different skin colors on the planet. There's not any of that. that that's what Paul's saying here, that there's not any of that. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ then you're Abraham's seed, and you're heirs according to the promise. You're not heirs of the different color of your skin. I'm an heir to the kingdom of God, and we're all one. And that sounds good, but that doesn't answer a lot of questions. What God has shown me over the years is that where people try to make a big deal about race, 
It's not really race, it's culture. It's not about the color of my skin, your skin, whatever. We're all one in God. All of us, saved and unsaved, literally, we're all one because we were all created in His image. Literally, you and I are a bunch of water and dirt. Some people's dirt is darker than other people's dirt. Some people's dirt is lighter than other people's dirt. And we're not, one's not better than the other. But in our cultures, all of us in different ways have been treated certain way by other cultures to be made to believe that we were less, different ones were less than other people. And that's real. And that's some of what we're faced with today. How many remember uh, Maceo Smith from um, World First Conference? I had, a, I had a long conversation with Maceo today, and we talked about some things. And um, I'd been in a webinar earlier in the day with a bunch of pastors, and in that conversation, A number of the pastors who are African-American talked and shared some things from their heart about what they're going through as pastors here in America. And one of, one of the guys I know pretty well, he's on the board of another board that I'm a part of in, in Virginia Beach and Wave Network. And... Um, he made this comment. He said, um, my wife asked me the other day at Wave Conference, he, they, <clears throat> he had a little boy that was just about a year old. And he is so cute. He's got a big fro and, I mean, just a big smile on his face. And, and uh, he, he's the cutest thing. And he was saying on this webinar, he said, um, my wife asked me, the other day, when do you think that our son goes from being a cute little boy to being a threat in people's eyes? Man, I thought to myself, what? When I called Maceo Smith today, I asked him, I said, in the 30 years that we've known each other, you got to be honest with me. Have I ever talked to you like this is my friend Maceo, who's a black man, or something alluded to the, the color of your skin in any way? Have I ever treated you as a less of a person? His wife was on the phone. I could hear both of them just kind of weeping. And I thought, and he said, he said, I told you that you're like one of my spiritual fathers. 
and you believed in me when nobody believed in me. And even my black friends didn't believe in me. You believed in me. And the reason I called him and asked him that is because when, that, when, when Nelson, this other guy with the little boy, said what he said, I thought, I have never thought of that. That he would be up against that kind of um, scrutiny from human beings. I never, I never thought. And I'm just, I, I, I want to end this with saying something that you may not agree with at all. You may not agree with at all. But when I've had some friends say to me, well, you know, Black lives matter, because you see a lot of that on social media today everywhere. But what about all lives mattering? And I said, yeah, all lives matter, but if you were standing out in your front yard and the house across the street was burning down, what house matters? The burning down house matters at the moment. Yeah, all houses matter, but right then, that house matters. How many have seen the video of what was done to the man in Minneapolis? You've seen the video. How many have, how many have not seen the video of the man in, okay. You may not want to watch it. But I watched it, and it's an atrocity. And you, see, you might say, well, you know, did we get all the facts? <laughs> the facts are, that was a human being. And what, he did, what was done to him was an atrocity. I don't care what the color of his skin. He was created in the image of God, and no human being deserves to be treated like that. But it just hit me this week in talking to some of my friends, my pastor friends and diff different people. It just hit me this week. I don't know how other people feel. Somebody today that's acting crazy and, you know, none of the looting and all the stuff, none of that's right in any world, the things that are going on like that. But I don't know how that person or his grandfather or the, his great-grandfather or whoever was treated certain ways. This is the nation where all men were created equal. It just, it just hit me this week, and I've had a real attitude toward the guy. But when Kaepernick took a knee where the flag was concerned, I had a real attitude toward the guy. This week, I just had these thoughts. I'm not saying you have to think like this or anything else. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I had these thoughts. I never walked in his shoes. What that flag represents to me may mean nothing to him because 
his, the color of his skin was not created equal. They weren't treated equal. They were created equal, but they weren't treated equal at different times. Does it give him the right or someone else the right to, to react because of things that happened to generations back in his life? Maybe he's not been treated that way. Does it give him the right? No. But who am I to come against him for being treated the way he's treated. The documentaries that I've watched at different times in my life about people of different color skin than mine have been treated by people that had the same color skin that I have. There have been times I've been, a, I've been, if you could be ashamed, I've been ashamed of having that color skin because of things that I've seen that, that we, that, that Anglo, out of whatever you want to call them, white people did to people of other colors. It's an atrocity. I'm just ending my thought here today with this. I've never thought in the way of prejudice toward different color skins. I've got judgments toward cultures like you do. But how many know that every culture can change? Every mind set in a person can change. Everybody can change. And you know where it starts? <laughs> with you. With me. With me individually. With us personally. That's where it starts. With us. My challenge to you is to learn, no matter what culture you come from, what color of the skin that you have tonight, it doesn't matter. Because we're all created in the image of God and we're all one. What I'm challenging you on is to love people that are not in your world. To learn to love people and get past judgments in your life toward people that maybe have been created because of where you came from. There's no way you could have any other kind of judgment if that's where you came from. If, you have a, 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 if you're prejudiced toward someone else and it was the way you were raised... I'm telling you, you can change. You can change. I've changed. This week I've changed. <laughs> In a number of different Zoom webinars and some things that I've heard, I've changed. There, there's been a determination to be right, not just to be about me and myself and my opinion about something, but to be right. I've been challenged this week, and I will meet that challenge. I'll stay with it. I'm going to be right in the kingdom and not just right about what is centered around me. And I'm going to give you something tonight that I believe is the key to be able to do that. How many like rewards? Come on, huh? Everybody likes rewards. Well, I'm going to read something to you that has a great reward. Has a great reward. <clears throat> if uh, somebody was promising you something and they told you if you did a specific thing a certain way, you would get that reward would you be expecting to get the reward? 
but you would know you would have to do what was asked first, right? So I'm going to read four verses of Scripture tonight, and I'm going to end my, I'm going to end my message tonight at the end of this. It may take an hour. No, it won't take that long. But I'm going to read these four verses of Scripture and challenge you on some things that literally will change your life if you'll do it because it's changed my life. I'm a changed person over the last three plus years. And it came out of the revelation of this passage right here. 1 Timothy 2.1, Paul says, I urge you then, first of all, not second of all, but he said, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for how many people? Who does that entail? Every human being. And I'll just say this, that I see that all as the all in your world. And the more you start praying for people in your world, the all people in your world, not leaving anybody out, well, I'll pray for them, but not them. Then what happens is your world gets bigger and bigger and bigger to pray for. I urge you, first of all, for there to be petitions on behalf of people. One of the ways that you can petition for other people is when you know something or you hear something that a person has done or has been accused of, you can petition the Word of God on their behalf. I don't know if anybody on the planet right now that knows about what happened to George Floyd in the natural has any compassion on the police officer whose knee was on that man's neck. But today that's part of my world and I'm praying for that guy. I'm petitioning on his behalf. Why? Because I want to? No, because he said to. Prayers. What type of prayers is he talking about? There's all kinds of prayers. One of the greatest prayers for other people is not just the prayer of faith for other people, but also the prayer of consecration for other people. Praying that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God so that their understanding would be open so that they could see see clearly to know what to do about situations in their lives. The third thing is intercession. 
when you've been a while praying for people, you've been petitioning on their behalf. You've been learning how to pray for people. Intercession takes some time. When you know there's something that's deep-seated and, and things are not changing in a person's life, I'm beginning to see in my life today the power that I have in any person's life if I will passionately petition, pray, being willing to intercede. It takes time. You have to be, you have to be removed in your thinking of yourself. You have to take time to, to really search the Scripture for what God wants you to speak and declare over people's lives. Sometimes he'll ask you to pray in other tongues for long periods of time for people that are going through difficult times. Most people see prayer as something that is done after they've done everything they can do. Most people see prayer like that. The commandment is, first of all, do this. You know what I'm convinced of? <laughs> There's very little to do in the natural because so many of the natural things we get involved in have to do a lot of times with the offenses of other people, taking up the cause of someone else, when we're to be about the cause of Christ. I didn't say there's not anything to do in the natural. I'm just saying, he said, first of all, do this. You think about it, if I'm petitioning on a daily basis, if I'm praying on a daily basis, if I'm interceding on a daily basis, and if I'm learning how to thank God, thanksgivings, thanking God, Father, I thank you that the things I've been praying, they're coming to pass because it's your word and your word never returns void, but it accomplishes what I've set it out to accomplish. When I really believe that and I'm passionately stepping into that world and it takes time to step into that world in true faith, I'm going to say it again, it takes time. What have you ever accomplished and been good at that you just did when you felt like it. All my growing up, I was a golfer. My dad was a golf pro. He taught me. He said, you got to practice every day if you want to be good. I did. I won lots of tournaments. I played good because I practiced all the time. If you don't practice and develop a relationship with God through his word and learn how to do these things and not quit, if you don't learn how to do it and not quit, you'll give in every time that there's pressure and that's all the enemy has. He's banking on the fact that you're going to quit. No. Lord, I'm petitioning today. Lord, I'm praying today. Lord... Today, I'm, I'm interceding on, on, on behalf. And you know what? It, it's, it's not a position that you get in to pray these ways. It's just start with the word. Three, over three years ago, I started on a new regimen in God's word. I started on it. And I started praying Ephesians 1 and 3. 
in Colossians 1. Today, I'm praying probably for close to a half a million people every single day, and I never miss. Just get what I'm saying. And it takes me about 30 minutes to do that. I mean, that's a sitcom. Right? Takes me about 30 minutes. Most days, I take about two hours. But when I started, it took 30 minutes. But it's turned into two hours because I can't not do it. I can't tell you things like I'm telling you tonight. I can't give you revelation from God's word and challenge you with the word of God and not pray for you. I can't expect our nation to change and turn around and me not spend the time investing and petitioning and praying and interceding and giving thanks on a day-to-day basis. You know what that does? You know what it's done with me? Man, it's cleaned up my vocabulary, not my cussing, my talking bad about other people. Which it might be better to cuss than to talk bad about other people. It literally might be. You can even say pastor said that. I'm telling you. Because when our tongues are tied to speaking negatively against people that were created in the image of God, we're speaking against God. When what we were supposed to do is this. And you know what? He's fulfilled that promise to me. He said, you know what? Where you've been, where you've fought, and you know, I, I gotta quit complaining, I gotta get over these kind of things. For the last three plus years, he's been true to his word because it cleaned up any kind of complaint. I wasn't a big complainer, but any complaining's enough. Because now, all I can think about is praying for people. And you know what? What's going on out there today? If you're sitting in front of the TV watching the news 24-7 and you're filling your head with what's happening out there, you won't do this. I didn't say there's not things to do. There's not things in the natural that we, we need to get behind and support. There is. But I'm convinced that anything less than this first, I won't know what to do and be effective at it. And most of the time, it's going to be in line with the way I think it should be. Instead of what God says. Petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving for all people. For kings and all, how many? All those in authority. I heard a story the other day about some atrocity in another country that had happened to women. And the story I heard, if it's true, that happened to women in this other country was the result of the government of that country. Well, 
Let's go start this and that. Let's go get a get a part get and be a part of this group that's doing this thing to help these people. And 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 listen, I'm not saying when I hear the story, it does something inside of you. It grabs you. I mean, how can that happen? But he said, first of all, when you hear something like that, first of all, add them to your world. I'm praying for that country every day. Every day. For that government to change. And when I pray, things happen. How about you? I mean, did you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying that like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we need pastor to pray. No, 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 no. I'm saying when I pray, things happen. They change. What about you? You've got to believe that. But we have to, listen, by the time I'm through on planet Earth, the whole planet is going to be my world. Well, Pastor, you can't save the whole world. I think I can. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I can accomplish that. You, you see what I'm saying? Because he already did it. He's already done it. And he doesn't desire for one to perish. But everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everybody, that's his will. So it's my job to be praying for the people that he brings into my world, but he keeps adding them because he sees that I'm, I'm adamant about it. Well, Pastor, you can't pay, pray 24 hours a day. <laughs> Who said? If I get to the point where that's all I'm doing, 24 hours a day is praying, it's because I was led to do that. Not like I'm, if I do that, something's going to happen. No, no, no. I'm telling you, things are happening. The world's in a good place because I pray. Because I'm, I'm, I'm praying for people right here, for you and you. I mean, literally. I mean, every single one of you, I pray for every day. Good things are happening in your life. If you reject it and you choose not to follow the things of God, that's one thing. But I'm telling you, I will not stop praying because I believe that the effectual fervent prayer of righteous people accomplishes much. We're winning the world. There's a principality of destruction in the spirit world that has stirred up a lot of things over the last three months. With this coronavirus, it's not the virus. It's the fear of the virus. And the fear has tried to shut economies down, people down in every way. We're going to obey the laws of the land, like I've told you tonight. We're going to do the things that they've asked us to do. But we're not doing those things because we're afraid we're going to die. We're doing those things because our governor asked us, and we're going to flow with him as much as we can because I'm not going to be in rebellion to governing authorities because then I'm in rebellion to God. And how can I believe for the manifestation of the things I'm believing in your life and, and a half a million people that I'm praying for, whatever it is, every day? How can I believe for those results if I choose not just to obey the governing authorities? Now, I didn't say if they 
ask you to do something that's illegal, immoral, or that goes against the word. I'm talking about just things that really don't matter. You understand? I had to go somewhere a while back the other day and had to, had to buy me a, one of those cool masks, you know, the kind that you slip over your head like a little turtleneck, and then you raise it up. You look like a bank robber. I had to go somewhere where they wanted you to wear the mask. Okay, whatever. Man, <coughs> I was choking the thing, you know, coughing through the whole time. I'm thinking, is that really helping me? Anyway, but I did it. Okay, I did it. I don't care. We're not wearing masks here tonight. All of our hosts are because maybe some of you, you might not like it walking in and they're greeting you and, and whatever. They're wearing them because we, that, that's what we're going to do because because they've asked us to do things like that, but not because we're afraid. Can you say amen? amen? And when we understand that we're in this in life to see people won, then this is what happens. Everybody say, I like rewards. So here's the reward. <clears throat> I urge you then, verse 1, first of all, the petitions, prayers, and intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those who are in authority, that we may live a peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. <clears throat> My wife and I say every day over ourselves, we agree together that we live in peace and quietness in the things of God. Because that's his promise because of what we do every day. Right? There's a prerequisite to living a quiet, peaceful life. And you know where it starts? You need to declare that over yourself every day. I live a quiet and peaceful life. Ha! Some, somebody's yelling at you or something's happening. Some, something fell off your roof or, or whatever. No, I live a quiet and a peaceful life. And I'll tell you why you need to live a quiet, peaceful life. So that you can see the rest of these, these next two verses fulfilled. He said, this is good and it pleases Jesus. It pleases, it pleases Jesus for you to live a quiet and peaceful life. But it pleases Jesus that you gain revelation about how to pray for all people those in authority, and that you petition on their behalf, you pray and intercede and you give thanksgiving on their behalf, that pleases Jesus. Now watch this. Now here's his will. <clears throat> Who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That verse right there, I saw so clearly this week as I've seen things when I did turn the TV on and I did see people acting crazy and doing crazy things and killing other people in the midst of their rioting and saying that it's about this cause and taking up this cause and this purpose and all. And I saw that verse of scripture right there. And so, in the last couple of days, I added to my prayer list, 
that all people that have no understanding and no knowledge of the truth are coming to that knowledge. And what will that knowledge do? It'll set them free. I just gave you a passage of scripture that is the answer to our future. Our future in the kingdom is quietness and peace. I mean, right next door to you may be all hell's breaking loose. But in my world, I'm living in quietness and peace. Why? So that I can just be about myself? No. So I can help other people come to the saving knowledge and, and the understanding of how great God is. He wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth so we can be set free. All the problems and the issues that appear to be big right now are swallowed up in this passage of Scripture right here. In these four verses of Scripture right here, if you do and you receive and then you see fulfilled day to day what his will is, that all men would come be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, then we don't have to live under a bunch of lies and neither does anybody else. If you take it literally, if you take what I'm talking about here tonight literally, if you take it literally, we don't have to live under lies. We don't have to live and be a part of lies of any kind. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? I want you to know tonight <clears throat> that I love each one of you. My wife and I love each one of you, your households, and our prayers are that Everything that Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1 says is what's coming to pass in your life. And what 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 that we just read right there, what that says, I'm believing that you're coming to the knowledge of the truth in a greater way than what you've ever seen before. So you know how to make decisions. You know how to navigate through life and navigate through issues that you face because it's, it's, it's the issues that we face that appear to have no answers that are, the, that, that are the problem. And yet, we've got every answer to every situation that we face. But I'm telling you, when you're praying for other people, when you're praying for all people, all those who are in authority, your focus is not on yourself. And I can testify to that, and I can declare today that everything that God's word says is coming to pass. I declare that you're healed, you're delivered, and you're set free in every way. Amen.